to toot my own horn, but I am pretty cool, buddy. <laughs> oh my God, shut up. Did that go the way you thought it was going to go? Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the Pro Wrestling Elitist Podcast. Today is December the 18th. 2020. That's right. We are back on a Friday, meaning you are getting yesterday's news a day late. Just how we like it, baby. Anyway, how you doing? Sounds like you're doing great. Glad to hear that. Let's get on with the show. First and foremost, I'd be remiss if we didn't start off with your latest Kenny Omega Impact Wrestling sighting. That's right. For those of you who missed last week's, uh, maybe the week before... Um, All of the hype, all of the drama surrounding Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega absconded with the AEW World Championship alongside Don Callis, the EVP, the Executive Vice President of Impact Wrestling. you're, You're pretty much caught up. There was a promo by Omega and Callis on Impact last week. They did the same promo on Dynamite the day after. And well, fast forward to this week on Tuesday, Kenny Omega was back in the impact zone. If I guess I don't know if that's what they're calling it, but presumably they were in Nashville, Tennessee. Kenny Omega was alongside Don Callis and they were doing a little bit of manipulating. That's right. They were talking to Carl Anderson, the machine gun, the one time leader of Bullet Club. That's right, the Bullet Club that also had Kenny Omega. That also had Doc Gallows. More on him in a minute. They convince Carl Anderson to lure Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns into some kind of a, I don't know, a garage maybe? And I mean, they did exactly what you thought they were going to do. Kenny Omega came out of hiding out of his tour bus alongside Don Callis, and they beat the ever-loving shit out of the Motor City Machine Guns and Rich Swan, the Impact Wrestling World Champion, setting up a six-man tag for the Impact Wrestling pay-per-view. I believe it's called Hard to Kill. Maybe it's Final Resolution. Oh, I think it's Final Resolution. Um, Hard to Kill just happened, I believe. Whatever. It's really hard to keep anything straight these days because there's wrestling coming out of everywhere. Yeah, I said that right. Anyway, um, it'll be the reformed Bullet Club. If you want to call them the Bullet Club, I'm sure legally they can't, but they certainly, <laughs> you know, they certainly throw the Bullet Club name plenty. Kenny Omega will tag once again with the machine gun Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows, the big LG. They'll be taking on the aforementioned Motor City Machine Guns and Rich Swan the best of my knowledge and you can correct me if i'm wrong but i believe this will be the first time that kenny omega will have the opportunity to lock horns with the motor city machine guns so that alone has me very interested in watching the show the only problem is i don't know that i get access tv and that was driven home very comedically but kind of very sadly for me anyway, by Tony Schiavone and Tony Khan when they did their paid advertisement on Impact Wrestling. Again, it was funny as hell, but then I sat there and I thought about it and I was like, yeah, I'm watching this on on YouTube. That's great. 
how the fuck do I support Impact right now? How the fuck do I watch Access TV? Nobody knows. So that's a problem. But I will likely find somebody who wants to buy the pay-per-view, get their fight TV access, watch the show, enjoy the hell out of it. And I guess this is me presuming that it's going to be on fight TV. If it's not, well, that sucks. If it is fight TV, I would love to do all kinds of advertising for this show. Buddy, we got hundreds of listeners, not thousands yet. We'll get there. Give me some money. Give me some access. Let me watch the show for free. Do the right thing, Fight TV. Help your buddy out. All right, well, you're pretty much all caught up with where things were at with Impact Wrestling, so let's fast forward to All Elite Wrestling and the latest Dynamite that happened. And again, we would be remiss if we didn't start off with the AEW World Heavyweight Champion, Kenny Omega, the cleaner. He took on Joey Janela in a anything goes, no DQ type of a match. Um, it wasn't much of a match, if I'm being entirely honest with you. I think the highlights of the match were Don Callis wasn't allowed to do color commentary. Uh, Shivani wouldn't give up his seat. He wanted Shivani to get the hell out of town. Shivani blew him off. So <laughs> Don Callis grabbed a microphone. I would assume from from Justin Roberts and stormed the ringside area and did his own color commentary for Kenny Omega's match against Janela. There was a couple of of cookie sheets and a garbage can, one of those stupid tin garbage cans. And, you know, they did their the usual plunder type of a match. There wasn't any real cool spots other than Joey Janela putting Omega through a table by doing some kind of a. What can only be described by me as a bonsai drop. It looked like from from watching it a couple times, I think he was going for an elbow drop. He might have been going for a leg drop. He definitely dropped the full force of his ass across the face of Kenny Omega. Um, Good on Omega for being able to walk away from that one. It also looked like maybe the bottom of the table kind of got Omega in the neck. Nothing that would cut him open, but certainly something that might leave a bruise. Regardless, the match ended exactly how you thought it was going to end. V-trigger, V-trigger, V-trigger. Right into the one-winged angel, Kenny Omega retains the AE... Well, never mind. The title was not on the line, so he is still your AEW world champion. It was never on the line, baby. But we do have... An interesting development and everything in that death triangle comes out and confronts Kenny Omega. Pack tells Kenny Omega that he is not done with Omega and neither is the rest of death triangle. Why is this important? Well, we were able to get our next contender for Kenny Omega's AEW World Championship, and that'll be Ray Phoenix. In the next couple of weeks, I believe it'll probably be on the New Year's Bash. Kenny Omega will have to defend his AEW World Championship per Tony Khan against Ray Phoenix. A little backstory between the two. Ray Phoenix is actually the man Kenny Omega beat for the AAA Mega Championship. 
That is part of his Infinity Gauntlet that he is putting together right now. He has the AEW World Championship and he has the AAA Mega Championship. And again, he won that a year ago and change from Ray Phoenix. I believe he actually won it at Triple Mania. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure that's right, though. So he's held that, that title um, for a year and, and maybe up upwards of six months. I forget exactly how long, but that I feel is pretty spot on if I can remember the AAA calendar well enough. Anyway, Ray Phoenix, Kenny Omega, hell yes. And we also alluded to another match, Pac versus Omega. If I'm a betting man, they'll put that on before John Moxley returns. It's entirely possible that Mox just takes some time off to help Renee with the pregnancy, but I would imagine that Moxley is going to probably beat the shit out of some people up until the point where Renee gives birth to their child or their baby girl. And from there, who knows? I would assume he's going to take a little time off to, to go be a dad, a first time dad. Um, but it's John Moxley and he's a crazy son of a bitch. You know, he's, he's cut from a different cloth. You know, he's, he's a, a strange cat. If you will. I only say that because he hates it and Jim Ross can't help himself. Anyhow, that would be my assumption. I would assume that before we get to the revolution pay-per-view, we're going to have it in some point or uh, in some point or another in one, one way or another, one shape or another, we're going to have Pac versus Kenny Omega, which fucking put that right into my veins. I am excited for that. I love Pac. I love Omega. If it's anything like the matches they had back in 2019, that, that's going to be so fucking good. Get ready for that. But that is not meant to discredit anything regarding Ray Phoenix and Kenny Omega. That is also going to be a barn burner. Moving on, congratulations, Brandy. Congratulations, Cody, on the announcement, your pregnancy announcement. Um, very cool. I hope everything goes well for the first time to be parents, uh, parents to be, I guess it would be in that order, whatever. It's a hell of a family to be born into the Rhodes family, the Rhodes dynasty, if you will. I know that, um, Dustin has had some children. I know that, uh, Dustin and Cody also have, uh, some sisters, so I'm not really sure, um, what, what their deal is. It's none of my business, but. Cody being a very public figure, I would imagine his his love for wrestling will, will probably propel this young fetus into the business, making them a third generation, I believe. Yes, a third generation. I think of all the Rhodeses. There's a lot of them. Okay, there's there's four. Dusty, Dusty Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes, Brandy Rhodes, Cody Rhodes. You know, those are the public ones that we know of. So I'm going to go ahead and say it's safe to assume that the son of a, the son of a, the son of a, the son of a, the son of a plumber, right? I said all of them, right? I don't know. That might've been too many. Um, the son of a plumber, Dusty Rhodes, you know, his, his grand baby that unfortunately he's not going to have the opportunity to meet because he's dead. RIP. I just took a weird turn. Ah, let's get back on track. Congratulations, Cody. Congratulations, Brandy. Congratulations, AEW. In 20 years, you got your next world champion. 
Well, that was some of the good news in AEW. Let's get to some of the things that I thought were just the the drizzling shits. I got three for you this week. Three things that really stood out to me. Three things that if I could change the show, rewrite the show, I would. The first being the acclaimed. I know I kind of harped on them last week. I'm going to do it again this week because they continue to try to make this, this team, this tandem of Bowens and Caster work. Again, they have a great look and they're not bad workers, but Bowens coming out with a fucking boom box. Are you kidding me? Why? Why are we doing this? Caster trying to rap, not good, has never been good. I mean, this just feels like, I don't know if this, whose idea this is. You know, I feel like this is something that Max Caster was doing prior to coming to AEW, maybe not in this manner, maybe not in this fashion, but I do remember in his debut on AEW Dark, he came out to the ring with a disconnected microphone around his neck. I remember Taz having a lot of fun of uh, having a lot of fun with that because it looked fucking dumb. It was stupid. It served no point. It has no purpose. Fast forward to now. Yeah, he's he's using a microphone and sure, he doesn't have one wrapped around his neck anymore, which is a damn good thing. But that dude can't rap. And, and maybe he can prove me wrong down the line. And if he can, wonderful. They need to lose the rap gimmick. This is not the, the, the 1980s with boom boxes and microphones. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. It's not even entertaining. If it was entertaining, that'd be one thing. There, there's nothing hooking anybody in. This is definitely something that is feeling very forced right now. This is something that feels very manufactured it's not true to what aew is that shit's gotta go another thing that i didn't like was ivalice and diamante losing and i've been very vocal that i'm not the biggest ivalice fan diamante i like i think diamante is a good worker ivalice is kind of a pain in the ass you know well, I shouldn't say that I've never met Ivalice, but from all accounts, anybody that you talk to, anybody that's ever worked with her, she is difficult. She is a high maintenance person who is high risk, low reward in a lot of regards. But what I will say is that Ivalice and Diamante won your deadly draw tournament over the course of 2020. They've been undefeated as a tag team, and you have them lose. To Serena Deeb. Okay. And Big Swole. What the fuck? Big Swole. I understand that she's incredibly charismatic, but she is not a good worker. Let me repeat that one more time. Big Swole sucks in the ring. Why the fuck are we putting her in a position to go over an undefeated tag team with an AEW? Makes no damn sense to me. So all this work that went into building Eva Lise and Diamante as your deadly draw champions, as your, your potential future AEW world tag team champions for the women's division. That's all squandered. That is flushed down the toilet. That it means nothing now. Could Serena Deeb tag with 
I mean, really at this point, you know, yes, she is a, a, a talent that is under contract to all elite wrestling, but Serena Deeb should be doing more within the NWA, whether that's teaming and tagging with people from their, their company, Thunder Rosa, Allison K. Well, okay. Not Allison K. She doesn't work for the NWA anymore, but uh, Priscilla Kelly, I don't fucking know. Take your pick. Any of those. Well, number one, they, they are better inherently than big swole. Yes, they don't have the natural charisma of a big swole, but at least they can work. But their characters are interesting enough. Referring to Priscilla Kelly, referring to Thunder Rosa, referring to Allison K or Marty Bell or whomever else that you want to call out from the NWA women's roster. They would have been better options and probably more exciting options than a forced together team. A big swole and Serena D. What I will say is that I did like, I liked it very much. In fact, Red Velvet coming out at the end of the match after Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero with the worst kicks in the fucking business. Coming down with a steel chair, Red Velvet clears the ring, gets Eva Lee, gets Diamante, gets uh, Nyla Rose, gets Vicky Guerrero the hell out of Dodge. They take a powder. And your, your good guys stand triumphant for now. This whole thing started with Jade Cargill. Flapping her gums at Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes. Brandy put her in her place. And ever since then, Brandy's been the one with a target on her back. Now that there's a baby situation, man, I'm really hoping they just kind of pull Brandy out of that deal. And maybe she can be a manager for Red Velvet or whomever Serena Deeb would be fine as well. You know, let her be the mouthpiece. She cuts great promos most of the time. I, I think the bit with Shaq uh, a week or two ago was, was a little weak, but um, she has cut some incredible promos. Let her be the mouthpiece for maybe a, a up-and-coming Red Velvet or Serena Deeb, who is a fucking incredible worker, but I've never really heard her cut a promo, you know, and maybe she can do it. And if she can, then I will shut the fuck up because I think the world of Serena Deeb. We'll see how this goes. The final thing that I had an issue with the final thing that I took umbrage with is Lance Archer. That's right. Lance Archer interrupting my boy, Eddie Kingston. Man, you don't interrupt the king. You got to let the king talk. You got to let him do his thing. Yeah, I, I, I get that you're pissed off. I get that you're hot. But man, you got you to gotta let king do his thing. Can't just in the middle of what was probably going to be a really good promo. Because it's Eddie Kingston and that's what he does best and better than anybody else. You can fight me on that one. Eddie Kingston is the reason that a lot of people tune in to dynamite. They don't tune in for Lance Archer. Not yet. Not now in the future, maybe, but Lance Archer right now is super vanilla, super generic. He's not a baby face. So the fact that they continue to, to book him as such, and I get it. It's, it's what's required of him right now, but he is, 
the furthest thing from a baby face. And what it looks like they're building to me is some kind of a three-way between Kingston Pack and Lance Archer. Fine. Um, so long as Archer doesn't go over, I am happy with that. But my fear is they're going to feed Eddie Kingston and they're going to feed back to Lance Archer. And I'm going to throw something through my TV. Again, I want Lance Archer to do good. I don't hate Lance Archer as a person or even as a performer. I just think right now he's got zero fucking momentum. And he needs to be booked as such. You need to book him to either regain some momentum. Again, not at the cost of people that are established stars and people that could headline pay-per-views for you. You don't do it at the expense of Pac. You don't do it at the expense of Eddie Kingston. And you sure as hell don't do it when, when you're booking Lance Archer as a face, as a good guy. He's no hero. You need to do it against people like, I was going to say Joey Janela, but Joey Janela has, has been beaten by pretty much everybody with an AEW. Not a whole lot going on there. Um, maybe an Orange Cassidy. You know, you could, you could certainly make something between Cassidy and Lance Archer work. That is more something in that ballpark that I think would be beneficial to both talents. Cassidy doesn't really have a thing going on right now. Lance Archer absolutely could benefit from putting somebody down. That beat Chris Jericho twice in a row. So those are my thoughts on things that could be better about Dynamite. I'd love to hear your opinions. You can go ahead and tweet at us at PWElitis on Twitter and Instagram, or you can reach out to me personally and directly at Corey A. Atkinson on the Twitter and Instagram. Finally, let's go ahead and take a quick little preview at next week's Dynamite the Holiday Bash on TNT. And if you didn't know, this will broadcast after the NBA game, approximately 10 o'clock Eastern time, 9 o'clock my time in the Central. We will see. If that actually holds true, if the game goes a little bit over or if there's an overtime um, that will delay the dynamite broadcast. But what we are looking at for dynamite next week, the AEW tag team champions, the young bucks will take on the acclaimed. Fortunately, we know how that's going to go. The young bucks will win. AEW women's champion Hikaru Shida will be in action. I really hope Sheeta has a better showing in this match. Granted, we don't know who she'll be working, who she'll be facing. Um, I'd be happy with Tesha Price just because I think Tesha has been a really good competitor on uh, AEW Dark. But I do believe that Tesha, since she was just recently saved by Sheeta from Abaddon, will not get that nod. Um, if they're looking for anybody, if they're looking for recommendations, Lindsay Snows, who I would put in that match. Pack versus the Butcher will also take place on next week's um, Holiday Bash. Chris Jericho and MJF will take on Darius and Dante Martin of Top Flight, my personal favorite tag team of 2020. The Jurassic Express will take on Colt Cabana, 5 and 10. And finally, Dustin Rhodes is set to square off against Evil Uno of the Dark Order. And on a final note, I do want to send our best wishes out to Jake Roberts. Um, Jake Roberts, as you know, missed television recently due to his illness. He has been diagnosed as as very publicly with COPD. 
um, something that impacts his lungs, um, makes it very hard for him to breathe. We wish Jake nothing but the best as he tries to recover from his illness. Hopefully, um, you know, he's able to, to also stay away from COVID-19. I imagine compounding those two things would be fucking awful. So Jake, get better, get well soon. Can't wait to see it back on AEW television, cutting promos for Lance Archer. Because Lance sure as fuck can't cut him himself. Very generic, very by the book, very vanilla. Jake, we need you. All right, folks, that has been the Pro Wrestling Elitist Podcast. My name is Corey Atkinson. Thank you for listening. Like to take part in the conversation, you can do so. Reach out to us by Twitter or Instagram, as I just alluded to not very long ago, at PW Elitist, at Corey A. Atkinson. Both of those will get you to me. If you want to send us an email, you know, like a holiday gift card for Manny's Steakhouse right here in Minneapolis, that would be wonderful. I would love that very much. You can do that. Send it over to pwelitas at gmail.com and I will be your friend forever. 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 Yeah, that's my best Terry Funk. It's not good. Any hoozle, if you enjoyed the show, go ahead and subscribe. That's the best way to support us right now. If you want to take it even a step further, you can. You can leave a five-star review on your podcast player of choice. That helps people find it easier and gives us a little more attention and notoriety. Again, there's hundreds of you listening. Leave a review, please. And with that, I bid you adieu. Goodbye. And take care. Bang! You must excuse me. I've grown quite queer. Later, dudes. S you in your A's. Don't wear a C in jail over your B.